The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out in the bad seat. A broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad out of bad state. Bad lot, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Farrell Appalachian right across the river and through the woods from where Granny stole my purple kush. When she drank too much wine in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. I'm a friend to come around, flat to flat to party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tatter, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out, ooh. Edward's gigging is Pharrell with your boy Carver High tonight. And uh, the Lakers have creeped back in this game. They were down 11 after 1, 8, 27 left in the second. It's a two-point Portland lead. They've melted like an ice cream cone. They're shooting 30% from downtown as opposed to the Lakers, 20% from outside, two of 10 from beyond the arc. Overall, Blazers shooting 42, almost 43%. The Lakers, 36%. In the game, Braun has 10 Davis, nine and four boards. Already Brun, 10, five, and six. Getting involved. Nobody else doing jack. And as for the Blazers, Dame time, 15. He's got two threes. And really, uh, Nurkic has 10 and 10 boards already. The double-double already with eight and change left in the half. And he's already got... Uh, that kind of productivity, that is huge. Mello's got five and five with three dimes. And so Nurkic even hit a three. Good game. We got our eyes all over it. The Heat by 12 over the Pacers. Magic stunned the Bucks. 122-110. And the Rockets get it done for me. Winning and covering on a bench. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Ovechkin just uh, scored the go-ahead goal for the Capitals against the Islanders in that game four. The Islanders led two to nothing in that game. I know Barzal had uh, the second goal. Carver High, who had the first goal? And explain to me, uh, well, first of all, Ovechkin's got two tonight. So uh, I can guarantee you when, you know, they get two from him, they don't lose. I mean, in any game, like if that guy in a regular season game or in a playoff game has two goals, I mean, they win. That's all there is to it. It's one of those stats where, you know, they always show every time uh, Mario Lemieux has a, a goal and three assists, they haven't lost a game in five years. You know, that I, I think when Ovechkin has a pair of goals in games, in playoff games, they don't lose. And I can't believe they blew a 2 nothing lead. The way they've played in the first uh, three games of this series, and frankly, uh, the way they've played against the Panthers and whatever else. I mean, once they get you down, uh, the Islanders have finished people off. This is the first time I've seen a leak in the boat. Yeah, uh, Pajot had the first goal for them uh, in the first period. You know what it is, Scotty? They took um, they took 600 penalties in the second period. I mean, they just could not stay out of the box. One dumb penalty after another, including one of those ones where you shot the puck over the boards. Uh, you know, you just um, that cap pal, cap cap uh, capital power play is pretty lethal, and they let them finally get a bunch of opportunities. And Varley let up a cheap one too, which he has not done a lot here in the playoffs, and that never helps things either. So here they are. This is uh, you know, they're down in this series now in the third period for the first time. Let's see if they got a little comeback in them. Do you think they'll um tie it up, or do you think they're gonna go down tonight? If they can keep the game five on five and start to, you know, get back to the way they were playing in the first period and throughout this series, they could absolutely tie it up. Uh, if they play like they did in the second, which I've kind of seen through the first six minutes of the period here, uh, I think that they could be in trouble tonight. So due to the uh, Pharrell Demick uh, and the Hanta, I am uh, broadcasting in a, a location in the Pharrell Palatial, otherwise known as Shop's Bedroom. And I only have uh the one i have a nice tv going in here i'm rocking the samsung i got a big tv but i only have the one channel i'm not like i don't you know i'm not pulling the uh, picture in picture i don't have any of that going i just have the two games going i got the islander game going i got the laker game going and i can't i mean it's killing me to take that uh you know, basketball game off. I got the hockey game going right now, this very second, because it's such a great game. There's 13 minutes left and it's three, two. And then the basketball game. Now, who are they going to call this on? I think they're going to give the Islanders a power play here. So, uh, but the Laker game, I just can't get enough of that. Like that's the one I really want to watch Blazers by five, 45, 40, six, 10 and rolling in the second. So I have just been, you know, so involved in these NBA playoff games all day today. Like, 
crazy. As you know, I hit the magic spread and I hit the rocket spread. Now, I think a lot of people think like on Coast to Coast, the TV show we do on Sports Grid. Today, I, you know, sold the fact that the Thunder, Carver High, back me up on this. The Thunder had to uh, take advantage of no Westbrook. They had to beat them tonight without that guy in the lineup. I said, look, Eric Gordon's going to give them good uh, shots. The guy takes lots of shots, and he makes some of them. He can play, and he had some great penetration buckets. He got some layups at the 10. And, uh, but the Rockets, uh, A, you know, blew them out. And B, I bet on the Rockets to win the game and getting the one and a half. So I sold that the Thunder have to win this game. They have to take advantage of no Westbrook. This is their chance to jump out in the series. But I, I thought, you know, I was on the Rockets on PharrellOnTheBench.com uh, in my picks. And Mafia knows it, documented. It's that simple. And uh, I hit the Rockets. And so I was all over that game, like watching that game. They were, I mean, they were up 20, 21 points. They were blowing them out. And they did it with small ball, ball movement. Harden was just daggering from outside in the first half, just hitting bombs. And then I was shocked. I, I thought the difference in the game for me was Jeff Green. I got to tell you, because no one saw that coming. I mean, they just, you know, when it comes to that team, it's Harden and it's Westbrook. And, you know, you might get a few buckets from Tucker and House and, you know, Gordon and, and these guys, McLemore's become a, a much better three-point shooter. But I thought he's, he, he was terrific. Four threes. But Jeff Green had three threes. He had 22 points, six boards, four dimes. He was eight of 12 from the floor. He had, like, at least six layups. Yeah, let's make it five layups. Or, you know, he had, like, four layups, and he had a couple of little – uh, step backs in the paint, right? So they were little 10 footers. He got to the paint and went up and, and not only did he score, he got contact and went to the line. I thought like, if I look at his full stats, um, I, I just thought he was incredible. Plus 28. I mean, I 32 minutes, Jeff Green killed it for me. And I thought McLemore played well, 14 points, four threes. Harden hit six threes. Harden was 7 of 8 from the line. Green was 3 of 4 from the line. Gordon, 5 of 5 from the line. So when you look at Harden, he had 37 points. Gordon had 21. Tucker had 11. And 4 and 4. So I thought Tucker played well, as usual. I thought Covington was very average. Uh, in fact, he was terrible. 1 of 6 from the uh, floor, 3 points. But I just thought, and, and even Rivers uh, didn't give him anything, 4 points. Uh, 0 of 2 from downtown, 1 of 5 from the floor. Austin Rivers was terrible. Covington was terrible. Uh, but I thought even House played well. Nine points, and he hit a three. He hit a big three. So in the game, they shot 38.5% from downtown, 89.5% from the line, 48% overall from the floor. And the bottom line is, is that the Thunder shot uh, 44%, 37 downtown, 84 line. It just wasn't good enough. And then uh, rebounds, right? 39-32. So you got all this size. They had Adams and they have Gallinari. They have all this size. Noel, right? And they still barely out-rebounded them. You know why? Because even though the Rockets play small ball, folks, they block out 
like mother for others. I mean, they just absolutely get position in the block and they just stick their rump right in you and they block you out like no one's business. So for you to get the rebound, you got to climb a tree. You got to get up on their back. You got to mount them and you got to go up in the air and somehow reach out and get a rebound. It makes it very hard. There's nothing worse for a rebounder than getting blocked out all night. There's nothing more frustrating than someone just blocking you out right out of the lane and keeping you away from the rim, right? It drives you nuts. I play every day, and uh, there's nothing worse than someone that just bangs you to death uh, with block out and with body and, and, you know, legit body where they're actually doing it legally, and there's nothing chippy or dirty about it. They're just sticking their rump in you and saying, you're not getting in here. You're not coming in here. You're not going to get rebounds. You're not going to get putbacks, tip-ins. It's a five-point uh, Blazer lead, 46-41. I don't think that uh, that's any kind of uh, uh, precarious position for the Lakers at this point. You know what I mean? I don't think that they're in danger in this game at any point. I mean, when it was 11, I didn't think it was dangerous. But, like, when I was watching the Magic today, when they were up, they were pretty much up 12, 15 type, you know, for a high, I think. But it was like 10, 9, 8. They got it down to 1. The Bucks got it down to 1 in the second half, right? It was a one-point game. And then they got it back up to 8, 9, 10, 11. All I know is uh, the difference for me in that game was the fact that uh, I thought Ross played his ass off. And, I mean, they just really, unless I'm crazy, they really rebounded 48-47. They, you know, they out-rebounded the Bucks with Giannis and the Lopez brothers. And, uh, you know, Middleton, he's another long guy that can uh, get it on. Giannis had 31. It didn't matter. Guys like uh, everyone got involved. Usovich had 35. Fultz had 15. He hit a big three. Clark had 15 and four threes. Ennis had 11. I thought Ross was incredible. 18 points, 7 of 13 from the floor, 6 boards and a dime. Ross played his ass off. They out-hustled him on a bench. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so for all on the bench, uh, KW is with us now, Kevin Walsh. From uh, the early line and betting around the rim. He's all over the place. We always love having him on the bench to talk rack. Hey, uh, KW, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, how are you? Excited. Uh, we got, you know, LeBron back in the playoffs. It's uh, it's always fun. Right, like, so I'm watching, and 
I'm losing weight. I, you know, I, I'm not a, uh, you know, uh, Laker fan anymore. From my days of living in LA, I used to love them. Uh, when I lived out there for a decade, I went to the Forum a lot, went to Staples a lot. I always loved them. I was there for like the Kobe Shaq years, and um, but you know, uh, I've been, uh, you know more interested in this blazer team to be honest with you what they did in the bubble what they did to earn that eight what they did to memphis i hit both sides of that that playing game i had the blazers to win i had that six and a half and then uh today i went crazy i hit i hit orlando with the 12 and i hit the rockets tonight to win outright and the one and a half and um hit the heat and i'm going middle on this game so i'm not feeling uh you know i don't like the uh I guess with the games that I saw today, KW, in terms of watching what Orlando did to the Bucks, of having that big lead, that 12, and and getting it, you know, keeping it around 9, 10, 11, 12 from like the second quarter until the end of the game, that was making me go crazy. I just thought it was unbelievable. I was just saying that Ross was, I thought, playing out of his mind. He was all over the floor. He got a little crazy with some of his fouls. They were intentional and and, uh, frustration fouls. But what did you think, before we get into this uh, Laker game, what did you think of the job they did on the Bucks? Yeah, look, you got to give Orlando all of the credit in the world. Uh, They came out and, you know, maybe played their, game of the season and they were consistent and that's the biggest thing to me you know it wasn't one quarter 33 in the first 29 in the second and 30 in both the third and the fourth and they did it with Evan Fournier supposed to be one of their top guys didn't score until the fourth quarter they stepped up in big ways but as is the situation when you have a team like the Milwaukee Bucks that sit the one seed they are the story here and what stood out to me you know Scott we talk about this team right and we are kind of waiting for them to show that they are as good as they put forward in the regular season. And I think sometimes we overreact to the fact that they lost to the defending champions. That doesn't make them frauds, at least in my opinion. But, you know, we want to see more from Giannis. We want to see more from Chris Middleton. We also want to see more from Mike Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer has been the number one seed in the East before he came to Milwaukee and found himself unsuccessful in a quest to get to an NBA Finals. And I thought uh, what he put forward today was outright embarrassing. I I thought that he went to regular season rotations, which was laughable. Chris Middleton had played 21 minutes entering that fourth quarter. I know he was playing bad, but how is that possible? That's your second best guy. Let him get into a rhythm and let him try and impose his will. Giannis is subbing subbing out six minutes into this game. There's no way... That can be. I thought Budenholzer didn't adjust even remotely for the fact that we saw the postseason, and I was completely stunned by that. You know, how about, like, uh, so I'm with you on everything, and Middleton uh, played terrible. Uh, His shot was off. He was clanking all day. Uh, But the thing that really got me was, um, like, and not that he matters that much, but how can you be that big? The, the Lopez twins. Now I know Brooks plays more, right? He played like 30 minutes. How can you play 30 minutes in that game and be that big and have four rebounds? I mean, honestly, cause it was Giannis 31, 17. It was, it was Giannis 31, 17. And then nobody else, in my opinion, uh, frankly, Middleton had the high of six, but how do you have two seven footers and they have no rebounds? And I mean, I thought that 
uh, I said this earlier that I, you know, bottom line was I thought the Magic, they out-rebounded them. I thought they hustled. I mean, they were all over the glass for, like, all the Bucks mm-hmm. misses. They didn't get second chances. And, I mean, I, here's the thing, KW. I think that their offense is pretty simple. It's give Giannis the ball, watch him drive, or kick it out to Middleton for a shot. And then if they're lucky, they can get someone like, uh, you know, Bledsoe hitting one. But I don't trust him shooting. and. Uh, uh, DiVincenzo, I mean, you know, he was terrible, uh, but they kick it out to him a lot. Connaughton, they'll let him shoot. He's terrible, too. Like, that offense is so one-dimensional. It's Giannis or bust. And I don't understand, frankly, why people are so suckered into believing that they're this great team. Uh, I think they just win regular season games. Why don't they win when it matters? You know, but this is the thing. Again, they were good last year in the postseason. Like, they played the Pistons, right, who was of a similar level to this team that they played here today in Milwaukee, and they drilled them. Four-game four sweep, they covered every single game. They beat Boston in five, and they had a 2-0 lead on the defending champions. So I sometimes give them a, maybe a little bit more credit than maybe I should because of how embarrassing this game was. To be fair, the defending champion Toronto Raptors did lose game one of round one to the Orlando Magic. And I think it is pretty simple. We saw Orlando care way more than the Milwaukee Bucks, which is outright unacceptable. There's no way that can be the case when you're looking to make a chase for the title. Now, the Bucks can right all wrongs here and win the next four games by 20-plus, and they were caught sleeping. But why this, I think, is a bigger worry, right, for them, and we'll see here with the Lakers, is, They did not look good in the restart. And in fact, they didn't look good those last few games before the restart. So just how this team is right now, I think, is a very big deal. You know, you don't want to overreact. They win by 20, cool. But this game now, uh, game number two against uh, Orlando, is obviously so massive. Well, I mean, they're not going to lose to them uh, in game two. I – I imagine they come out and absolutely go off on the magic because uh, they're going to, they're going to take abuse now for what, uh, you know, uh, 36 hours or something like that. When do they play again? It's like uh, they play again Thursday. Yeah, they'll play Thursday. Okay. So they're going to get abused for the next 24 hours and they're going to, they're not going to like it. Cause what are they doing? They're sitting in the bubble and I, I know they're going to play like, they're all going to play like they don't watch ESPN and, and the TV when they're in their hotel rooms, but we know they're <laughs> lying. We know they're lying. We know they yeah. watch, and cool. we know they don't like it. So I think they're going to take it out on them. And I'm with you. Like, the next four games could be ugly for the Magic. But today wasn't, and that's all that matters. Now, the Lakers finally got the lead, and then, uh, you know, CJ came down and hit a popper on the wing to tie it up again, and now they have the uh, ball again. I don't trust them. Uh, the rest of the way in the second half against this Laker team because they were up 11 after one. What do you think uh, their problem is? Is is it just simply uh, LeBron and Davis per usual? Speaking of one-dimensional, that's what they throw at you. The rest of this team, I mean, I, Danny Green, I shoot better than him now. I shoot better than him now, and Caruso's <laughs> ass too. Uh, I can't even look at the rest of this team. It's simply LeBron and Davis, and that's it. I don't care what anybody says. Look, I think that they have some pieces that can step up for them, but everybody came out ice cold. They didn't make a single three in that first quarter. 
Um, you know, we're closing it on the half, but let me just make this point to you about this game right now uh, that is this tight. The Portland Trailblazers, and we still got a little bit of time left here, have shot 27 free throws. For perspective, Heat Pacers, okay, full game. Neither one of those teams shot 27 free throws. Thunder, Rockets, full game. Neither one of those teams shot 27 free throws. Milwaukee shot 28 free throws in the full game. Orlando didn't even shoot 20. In a half, Scott, this team has 27 free throws. That is preposterous. That has to come back to the norm. There is no way that keeps up. Those are easy buckets. Those are cheap buckets here. The Lakers have looked a little bit better defensively, but they've had some issues fouling this team. I think they have a real chance to separate when we get here into the second half. They got, you know, that's 20 free throws for the Lakers right there. So, I mean, it's almost level. It's not quite, but, I mean, they're getting to the line a lot too. I mean, the bottom line is uh, Davis – uh, has 21, and Lillard on the other side uh, has 23. So, I mean, when doesn't this guy put on a show? Like, he had a couple of beautiful uh, runs to the rim, and then uh, that that step back in Caruso's face was sickening. I know you saw that. No, look, Damian Lillard has been a man on a mission. He's been awesome to start this game, 23 points. There's no denying that. What jumps out to me, though, is the fact that LeBron James already has 10 assists. So that means that he's getting others involved, but that means he can start to take up his score-first mentality a little bit more in the second half. And you know this, Scott. This team will go as LeBron goes. He is a plus two in this game, despite the team uh, being down by one at half. And I think that's what matters here. Uh, You know, they're going to be favored right now by four and a half to win this game. I think it's spot on. I think the Lakers are about to separate here in half number two. Yeah, so, so you, you think they'll get it done. All right, so um, when we come back, uh, we'll talk to uh, Kevin Walsh about the Heat Pacers and the big Rocket win tonight. I hit that Rocket game. I, I thought they looked incredible. I mean, they destroyed the Thunder. I thought the Thunder looked like they were standing around in gorilla glue. And I, I, I honestly thought uh, CP... Uh, you know, for for most of that game, I thought he looked terrible. Plus, we'll uh, set up. I mean, late in the game, he started hitting some shots finally. But the first half, the first three quarters, he was terrible. And we'll set up uh, Wednesday's games with KW, uh, which is Nets Raptors game two, Jazz Nuggets, same thing, Sixers Celtics, same thing, uh, Mavs Clippers, same thing. And we'll see if uh, Porzingis can stay in the game this time uh, and see what KW thought of that. We're talking NBA playoff rack with Kevin Walsh on the bench. All right, for on the bench, uh, Kevin Walsh is with us uh, from the early line and from uh, betting around a rim. He's on in-game live a lot. What did you think of the Rockets? Because uh, I was impressed. I mean, I thought. You know, at the end of the day, I, I didn't think, you know, at the the Thunder came back, at, at least shot-wise. I thought they started hitting some shots. So it's not like uh, they were that much better shooting-wise. It was like 38% from downtown or something for the Rockets and 37 for uh, the Thunder. But, you know, when Chris Paul had 20, but he was really, he was 7 of 14, 3 of 8 from downtown. So outside shooting for him was bad. But I just thought, uh, you know, 
Harden uh, hit six threes. I thought Gordon uh, hit a couple. Uh, he ended up with 21. He's coming back from that ankle. I thought, I said earlier on a show, Jeff Green was the difference for me in the game because uh, the Thunder did not take Jeff Green seriously, and he ate him alive. Yeah, look, Jeff Green was awesome. He was a game high, plus 28 uh, for plus minus, scored 22 points in his 32 minutes. Now, if we know Jeff Green, uh, Scott, he'll probably be awful next game, and, and that's what we've come to know from him. Here's the big thing with this series. I didn't play this one pregame, pre-series. For the simple reason that the Thunder and the Rockets have basically never even played each other because they didn't play each other after the Rockets got rid of Capella. So the Rockets are basically a brand new team. And that does two things. One, it stops Chris Paul from bringing Clint Capella into pick and roll switch situations and completely picking on him and taking him out of his rhythm. And the other thing that it does, and we saw this here today, is it makes it harder for some of their guys on the perimeter to find those gaps because, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander goes 2 of 8, right? Dennis Schroeder goes 3 of 12 because now everything is switched between P.J. Tucker and Daniel House and Robert Covington. It makes things a lot harder. I think there's two big takeaways here for me from this game. The approach that Billy Donovan took to guarding James Harden is laughable. And if he puts that forward, Harden's 37 might be the low that he finishes up with in this series. He simply could do whatever he wanted, and that's exactly what happened. So I want to see if Billy Donovan can correct that. But the other big thing I think that I want to see is what does this Houston Rockets team do over a seven-game series when it comes to regression? This wasn't an all-universe shooting performance from them. They did make 20, but they shot 52 you know, 38.5% of almost 50% from the field, does this regress back? Do the Thunder find themselves popping up a little bit? You know, all in all, the shooting percentages weren't super far off, right? But the Rockets will out Matthew uh, and, you know, Chris Paul a little bit sloppy. I'm sure he'll be kicking himself for four turnovers here. I just think the biggest question mark, Scott, is Billy Donovan and his approach to guarding Harden. Uh, I thought it was laughable. I thought in the first half, he had so many just dagger shots. Like most of his big shots were in the first half for me. And I thought Macklemore shot uh, well from downtown. He was four or seven from uh, beyond the line. And I, I thought that, uh, you know, Tucker was average three of eight, but he still hit three of them. And Gordon hit a couple of them. I thought Gordon got to the uh, rack a lot. I, you know, we expect Gordon to hit threes, mm-hmm. right? And just to stand there and get the ball on a, on a swing motion offense to get the ball and pop. But he was actually exploding to the rim and getting easy layups. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the big thing, too, is with that strategy, apparently, you know, Lou Dort uh, is supposed to be the guy that's going to be guarding Harden. I don't really look at him as a defensive stopper, and certainly nobody that they had with them today is considered a defensive stopper. How do you think that you're just going to let James Harden see isolation? Russell Westbrook is not there. Force the ball out of Harden's hand. And that was another thing on the broadcast. They were like, oh, yeah, we spoke to Billy Donovan, and uh, he believes that, you know, you're going to have to live with these Harden shots, and they're going to have to make, you know, Harden beat them. What is he talking about, Scott? Harden will beat them every time. No problem. He did it here tonight. Wow. So um, what did you think of Gallinari? He still uh, ended up having a big game. Uh, he's a problem with his size for 
for the Rockets for sure. He just, it seems like he's just, uh, like he had a bunch of poppers right on the wing, like 18, 20 footers where he's like, he'll shoot it right in your face because you're so much shorter than him. I'm going to be interested to see does at any point the Thunder let Danilo Gallinari get minutes at the five. Uh, Now, maybe those will be occupied by Mike Muscala in place of of Steven Adams. But I think that's one of the the interesting things where now Gallinari is pretty much matched up with P.J. Tucker. You still, as you're kind of talking about, you still have a size advantage there in that matchup. And maybe you kind of, you know, but do you really want to then fall into the Rockets' hand and, and play their version of small ball? Steven Adams was all right here tonight. 17 points, 12 boards, 7 of 13 shooting. Uh, you'll take that. I don't think anybody would look at this game and say they lost it because of Steven Adams. But I, I think the Thunder have a lot of homework to do between now and Thursday. Uh, you know, uh, it's unbelievable uh, watching uh, that that team play and the way they block out and the way they hustle and the way they move the ball and the way they create shots. Uh, I just, uh, I thought they, you know, and I don't even think they played that great, uh, but I thought, and the other thing is, uh, I'm talking about the Rockets. The other thing is, I think something's wrong with Adams. You know, he's taken some serious abuse in the bubble and he's been on the floor a lot in pain. And even in this game, he went down. Uh, I think he's banged up really badly and he's such a monster and a tough guy that everyone knows he's the toughest guy in the league. And I think it's actually, he's trying to maintain that swerve. But I think he's I, I think he's hurt. I actually I think you're right. You know, when he went down, he stayed down much longer than you would think uh as you know, Steven Adams would stay down. So I agree with you. I don't think he's right. Um, but he's also one of the toughest dudes in the league and you expect him to push forward. So he's gonna have to fight through it. You know, I think the other thing too, Scott, like we're talking about all of this here. The Rockets were out-rebounding the Thunder going into that fourth quarter, right? And now the fourth quarter, right, is the lone quarter that the Thunder win, and they end up then out-rebounding them there. So I think you got to look at that as also the big key. They have to be far more aggressive on the offensive glass and try and punish this team for their size. Yeah, I thought they were blocking them out like no one's business uh, with their rumps, just shoving their rumps in them and saying, you're not getting in here. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to climb my back and you're going to get called for it. And I think that philosophy worked. What did you think of Jimmy Buckets and Drogic in that heat win? Yeah, I I like the Miami heat here. I I think that the heat are going to make this very difficult on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Jimmy Butler was fantastic. 28 points was a plus 13 in the game. I mean, look at some of these numbers, right, for the Heat, with Bam Adebayo being a plus 23, Goran Dragic being a plus 20. Uh, you know, they pulled away. They won this game by 12. And the big question mark coming out of this one is, you know, what's going on with Victor Oladipo and that eye? Only played nine minutes, was unable to come back into this game. I'm sure everybody watched the fights with Daniel Cormier. You saw his eye. Uh, you know, Victor Oladipo, I don't know if it was that bad, but I think there were some car- uh, some comparisons on the broadcast made to that situation. So if Victor Oladipo doesn't come back, you know, no disrespect, but I don't know if the Pacers really even have enough to get a game in this series. 
Yeah, what do you think of Drogic? I mean, he had some huge threes. He, I think he had four of them. Uh, with the minutes that he plays a lot, like around 35 minutes, that guy is so underappreciated, I think, in the you know media, in the league. No one ever talks about Goran Drogic, but he is absolutely unbelievable. For, I mean, that white boy can play. Yeah, no, look, he's awesome, man. And he's been doing this, as you've kind of said there, for a while now, you know, year 11 for him. This is a guy that made an all-star team. You know, that's a good trivia question. I bet you a lot of people would not think that, you know, Goran Dragic found himself onto an all-star team. And he was fantastic, especially in that fourth quarter. Uh, he took over for uh, the beginning of that fourth quarter and then kind of passed that baton over to Jimmy Butler here. Uh, you know, the Indiana Pacers scoring 101 points. You look to, to that game that they played where all of the starters played during the restart. And they held them to even worse to 92 points here. We just might be looking at a spot where the Pacers don't have nearly enough offense to get the job done. So uh, Kevin Walsh with us on the bench for a couple more minutes. Uh, tomorrow, Nets Raptors started off at, at 1.30, then Jazz Nuggets at 4, Sixers Celtics 6.30, and the late games, Mavs Clippers. Let's go down in that order. What do you think the Nets do to respond to getting their ass beat in game one? Yeah, you know what? I think the fact that this spread has moved up one or two points since that first game, I think I might want to back Brooklyn here, taking those points. This team is down 33 and at one point cut it down to nine. They are going to be so uber-focused in that first quarter in making sure that they play better. Hopefully, Jock Vaughn understands that they are far better when they are running, they are moving quick, uh, and that's what they were doing there pretty much from the second quarter on. I think 11 and a half points is a ton. Jazz Nuggets, uh, th you know, that was a great game until the overtime. I mean, I just thought Spida and Murray were putting on a show. Yeah, no, they absolutely were. Uh, but then the Jazz ran out of gas. And I really can't go any other way in this series uh, than backing Denver. I don't think you're going to see Donovan Mitchell. He might not ever play a better game in, the, in his career than he played in that game number one. Uh, but also, we're going to have to keep playing this game over the Denver Nuggets, nine bubble games, nine overs. So the Conley is looking at later this week. How much does that hurt them not having him again? Yeah, because they're just not as deep. It puts maybe a little bit too much pressure than on Jordan Clarkson. Don't forget, Bogdanovich is not around for this team. So, uh, you know, they can find ways to cope without Conley. And I would tell you that 57 points, you know, 57, nine and seven, for Mitchell would be enough, but it ended up not being. And, you know, right now, I think the, the bigger question for this team is defensively. Rudy Gobert and those Defensive Player of the Year awards, uh, they looked awful on that side of the ball. Uh, Sixers, Celtics, um, what does Philly have to do besides uh, get every – like, I thought Theibel and Scott and, and all these guys – Richardson's the only guy that gave me anything. I, I think they needed way more from them, and I thought Horford played like – uh, landfill trash. You know, I mean, offensively, Horford needs to be much better. Tobias Harris needs to be much better. And you would like to see Embiid more aggressive consistently. You know, 15 field goal attempts and 12 free throw attempts is not bad, but he needs to continue to push throughout the game. There were far too many quiet spots for him in this matchup, and they have no chance. If Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to outscore uh, Joel Embiid, then the Sixers really do not have a chance in that way. But I do think they have a chance tomorrow 
with Gordon Hayward being absent, I, I think that certainly matters. And uh, do you think uh, Doncic and Porzingis can steal one from the Clippers tomorrow night? I, I think they should feel that way. I think that this is a team that should leave that game feeling confident. They were down 18-2, came all the way back at one point. We had a 14-point lead in that game. They were up when Chris Stapp's Porzingis left. And I would say this, and I know, you know I've said this, and some people might laugh at the notion, but Luka Doncic can play better than he did. Now, 42-9-7 is ridiculous, but he had 11 turnovers, Scott. That's the only game he's had double-digit turnovers right. all season long. He can do much better by protecting the basketball, and I think this team should have the confidence that they can take at least a game off of the Mavs. All right, so I got to run, KW. I just wanted to tell you before I let you go that uh, Carver High's Islanders lost tonight, so the whole time you were on the air, he was out chopping down a tree in his front yard with an axe. <laughs> very angry. very angry. Sorry to hear that, but hey, they're still in a good spot. All right, hey, KW, thanks for coming on the bench tonight, brother. Enjoy the rest of the Laker game. Appreciate it. Be good, guys. All right, uh, Kevin Walsh, uh, you can check him out on the early lines. Throw on the bench. It's like Whiteside's afraid of uh, Davis and McGee. So the big for the Blazers, he gets the rock in the low post. There's a difference. Jerkic gets it and powers up and finishes. Whiteside jumps up in the air and throws up just an absolute piece of cement at the rim. He just throws just a giant chunk of cement. He's afraid of them in the in the paint. That's all there is to it. So uh, going to the uh, ninth, when they go to the ninth, they're in the eighth now in uh, Minneapolis. The Twins are up 2 nothing on the Brewers. They got a runner at third, nobody out. But uh, Kenta Maeda will go to the ninth with 114 pitches thrown and a no-hitter going for the Twins. Carver Hyde, did I not just talk about uh, Kenta Maeda today on Coast to Coast, talking about how great I think he's been for the Twins and that I was betting on him tonight against the Brewers? You did mention that on Coast to Coast today. You said that you liked him tonight and that he's been very good. And, you know, the Dodgers kind of threw him in the bullpen last year. He wasn't happy about it. He goes to Minnesota this year. He's pitched really well for them. Let's see if he can finish the game. 114 pitches, Scotty. He does have that going into the ninth. So, you know, uh, if he gives up a hit, they'll yank him. But uh, you got to let him go out there and try to get it, right? That'd be a a huge thing for him. So uh, we'll keep our eyes on it. I actually have the... uh, whatever you call it, extra innings. Maybe I'll flip the game on when he goes to the ninth and see what he does. Now that I'm aware of it, right, that he's got a no-hitter going, now that I know he's got the no-no going, I'll turn it on. The first guy up will jack a gap double. It's only when you don't know and when you don't care that guys throw no-hitters. The minute you start thinking, hey, do you see he's got a no-hitter in the seventh or in the sixth or in the eighth, it's always the same ending. It's a disaster. So uh, eight four four. 843-6879 is the number in uh, SoCal, San Diego, Lipstick City, everywhere, Central Coast of Cali. 844-843-6879. Have a beer. Pour them a freshie. Get on the bench. Wax up, baby. <laughs>